right, everyone, we're back. It's the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City in the Mitten State in San Diego, California on a motherfucking aircraft carrier. You heard? You heard? Hey, call up the F-18 Super Hornets. Ain't nothing stopping these dogs. Gonzaga, who? Number one ranked team in the country, who? I don't give a fuck. 20 year, they have infinity radius, nuclear-powered USSA Blinken. It don't matter. The Dream Team, Space Jam, Shaquille O'Neal, aircraft carrier, space destroyer, Darth Vader in that bitch, Chancellor Palpatine. It don't matter. Dogs by a billion. Are you fucking joking? Happy Friday. We're back. We're talking and everything and anything, and I'm going to be on an aircraft carrier in the ocean off the coast of San Diego, California, watching Tom Izzo and my Spartan dogs kick some Gonzaga ass. It doesn't get better than that. Thank you for being here. God damn it, I'm fired up. And I wish you guys could see me. I wish you could see the way I'm recording this because it is not professional. It is not the way I usually do it. If you've been following along for a little while now, you've probably seen at least clips on the socials or you've tuned in for a YouTube edition of one of these podcasts. And I got my setup. I got the green screen behind me. I got the nice real deal microphone. I got the pop filter, a ring light. I tape myself. We throw in the background. We put it on YouTube. For a kid who's just doing shit out of his family room slash studio that he did himself, edits him himself with no experience, no nothing. It's pretty good. The production quality, you know, it's not ESPN. It's not Barstool Sports, but I don't have the resources nor the means they do, but it'll do. Today, we are back to nuts and bolts. We're back to the basics. I feel like I'm still living with my parents. There was a good run there. When I was unemployed, it was still COVID. I want to say we were still hooping. It was the Aaron Henry year. So 2020 or or spring of 2021, rather. And I would go out. I'd drive to the park. It's so funny that I would do this because my dad was always working from home. My mom was home. My sisters were home. I couldn't get peace and quiet. And if I did, you know, they're not happy with me sitting in my bedroom screaming about Michigan State football. They don't give a fuck. They don't want to hear it. And if you know me, I tend to be a little louder at that last minute there. I'm talking about something I'm excited about, MSU, Gonzaga, San Diego, there's an ambulance going by. I get a little fired up. I start to yell. My dad can't do his business call. He comes downstairs. He yells at me, and I'm going, hey, brother, I got to pay the bills that I don't have somehow, and this podcast is how I'm going to do it. So it was tough. I would drive to the park around the corner from my house (laughs) and just sit in my car and record like a 40-minute podcast. The glory days. The glory days. I had a nice view. There'd be kids playing on the play structure. If it was a clear day, I'd feel great. Just looking out the windshield, people like walking their dogs past me, staring at me, sitting alone for like a really long. It's not like I just took a quick phone call. Like I'm talking to myself in the car for a really long time. And the parking lot's not very big. The park itself isn't. There's nowhere I can go where you don't really see me. There's nowhere I can go where it's like, all right, this kid, he parked his car in the corner for a reason, for a little privacy. That th- There's like 12 parking spots. Wherever I go, people are going to see me and think, what what's happening there? This guy's been on the phone for damn near an hour just sitting in his car. The car's off. I don't know what's going on. That was me. We're back to that. I'm sitting currently Irvine, California. Just got off work about 30 minutes ago. Um, I'm meeting a couple friends for dinner. Shout out me. Shout out friendship. Shout out my friends. Shout out the things we do for friendship. Jamie Lannister, George R. R. Martin, Game of Thrones. 
I'm sitting outside the restaurant. I'm across the street. I'm in a parking lot. This restaurant, by the way, should be a cardinal sin. Not just restaurants, but of any establishment. Their parking lot is valet only. I pulled up to park my car. I drove around the entire thing. It's like the building, the hotel in the middle, and then the parking lot spans the entire perimeter. It's like a moat of valet. I can't get in. I can't park my fucking car. I went everywhere, all the different lots, valet only, valet only, valet only. So I just can't park here. I have to go across the street to this business that cleared out 30 minutes ago that is totally unassociated with the hotel. I have to go all the way there to park the car. How the fuck does that make any sense? I get it. It's an valet. It's another way for you scumbags to make money. You can't, there's not like six parking spots that are non-valet. It's bullshit. It's like bathroom attendants, except if you were forced to use the bathroom attendant. It's like if they had bathroom attendants, but they didn't have paper towel you could get on your own and you had to tip you had to pay the attendant to get the to- or to get the paper towel it's horseshit not a fan of it but i'm across the street i'm in a parking lot and i'm recording this podcast off the phone just like old times just like scrounging days it's not going to be on youtube i don't have the setup i'm not filming myself it's going to be on spotify it's going to be on apple if you're listening you've already figured that out wherever you get your pods but we're back to the basics i'm not going to make it super long because I'm sitting in my car and it's kind of unenjoyable and I'm going to get into the restaurant in about 40. That's four and then a zero minutes. But I want to talk a little bit of sports today. We've got the Lions, right? They're playing Sunday. I don't who off the top of my head. I can't even remember who they're playing. Chicago. That, I mean, fuck me. I'm going to talk myself into these guys. I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk. We're going to go out. The defense for once in their lives, somehow Justin Fields, who's been red hot, who Bears fans, despite their garbage dumpster fire of a season, Bears fans are psyched up on. He gets better week over week. He's unbelievable making plays with his legs, which has cost the Lions multiple times this year. He seems to be that guy. Bears fans are high on him. It would only make sense he's going to come in and torch the Lions, right? For whatever reason, Aaron Glenn and the Lions are going to put up another good performance. They're going to shut Justin Fields down, and they're going to win this game. We're going to move to three and six, and I'm going to talk my bitch-ass self into the Lions somehow still being in contention. I know I'm going to do it. I'm that fucking stupid. I'm that gullible. We're going to put a good game together against Justin Fields. They're horrible defense. If anybody has a worse defense than the Detroit Lions, surely it's the Chicago Bears. Jared Goff, our offense is going to pump them pretty good. And I'm going to be sitting here four days from now talking about, well, I know I said this team was bad. I know I said we didn't have a chance, but you were one game out of the wild card spot. Why not us? I'm going to do that whole fucking routine. And it makes me sick that I already know I already know I'm going to do that routine. And I the worst part, I already know I'm going to do that routine. And I know three weeks more is going to pass. And I'm going to be sitting there like, what a fucking asshole I am. I really wasted the breath. I wasted your eardrum capacity. I took the time out of the both of our days to sit and talk about how the Detroit Lions actually were working with something. Actually could make a run. Actually could sneak into the wild card spot. They're only a game back. They've been playing better the last two. The defense is coming around the offense when they have their weapons. Don't forget about Jamison Williams. Dan Campbell's finally figuring it out. Oh, and then they lose three more and we're right back to being out of contention. Failure season, everybody said. I'm that big of an asshole where I'm going to talk myself into that. It's not all my fault. 
Bears fucking stink. It's not all my fault. If we were playing the Philadelphia Eagles again, I wouldn't be having this conversation. I wouldn't be saying, oh, man, we're going to beat the Eagles and I'll talk myself. No, no, no. The Chicago Bears are, are that fucking bad. I mean, the Chicago Bears are an atrocious, atrocious football team. Make no mistake. Justin Fields, I like. I'm on the record as liking Justin Fields. I think he's a good player, and I do, in fact, think he's the guy for Chicago. I think they got it right. I think they can count their lucky stars that they did. He fell in the draft. They traded up. They snatched him. Other quarterbacks with far less successful NFL careers to this point, or at least promise, not that Justin Fields had a ton of success, right? He's been playing well, but they still lose every week, so, you know. Tough to totally vindicate him, but I think you could feel better about Justin Fields than a lot of those guys in his draft class. Mac Jones, I don't know. Zach Wilson, I definitely don't know. It's two on that class, too, because I'm not totally sure about him either. I like where Justin Fields is. It's just going to happen that way, where where the one time a bad Chicago Bears football team with, you know, a decent quarterback, he's Mitch Trubisky wasn't great. We always thought we had great odds against him. But the one time we need Chicago to beat us, even though we, you know, we might think they're inferior. We know they aren't good. We need Chicago to beat us to just crush our dreams, propel us to a top pick, just put us all out of our misery, despite their quarterback being red hot, despite everybody talking about how he just keeps getting better and better. For whatever fucking reason, the one defense, the one team who's made a reputation out of elevating trash-ass quarterbacks, out of elevating rookie quarterbacks in their first start. For whatever reason, a red-hot Justin Fields is going to face off against the Lions and forget how to play QB. And we're all going to think we got it figured out. We're all going to think, you know, Dan Campbell, maybe he's been a genius this whole time. That's exactly what's going to fucking happen. And it's only going to lead to the same regard result anyway. It's only going to lead to the same pile of shit at the end of the crapshoot. Us losing a bunch more later, ripping our hearts out one last time, and only having draft picks to talk about left. It is what it is, dude. I don't want it to be that way. Tell me I'm wrong is the thing. Tell me I'm wrong. I That's my problem, too. I don't want it to be that way. I want it to be like, all right, we're going to beat Justin Fields. We're going to beat the Bears. That's two in a row. This is going to start the streak. Then we're going to make it three in a row. Then we're going to make it four in a row. We're going to upset the Bills on Thanksgiving Day. Nobody's going to see that coming. We're going to be in the wild card. All of a sudden, people are going to be talking about the Detroit Lions and writing handwritten apology letters to Dan Campbell. I want that to be the case. My problem is when the Lions win any team, but especially the Lions, give me an ounce of hope. Give me a thread of optimism to work with. I'm going to pull on that thread until the whole goddamn scarecrow falls apart. That's my problem. I just can't be. I understand half our fan base is the SOL. We could be 8-0 and people would be talking about how we're going to miss the playoffs. We could be in the Super Bowl and people would be talking about how this team stinks and is overrated and is never going to do anything great. That's just how half the fan base is. And you know what? It is what it is. They've had that shit beaten into them since 1957, year over year. I understand. However, I'm on the other half, where one good thing happens, and I'm like, oh, shit, maybe we, maybe this is the year. I read one article talking about how the offense should be pretty good, and I go, well, well we could win 10 games. That's how I am. So I know if they beat the Bears and if they shut down fields again, and now it's like a couple weeks in a row where the defense actually looks halfway decent. 
offensive scoring some points and we've won two straight, I know my bitch ass is going to be there talking about how the Lions have a chance. I know it. It would only make sense the Lions win this week. That said, we'll see. We'll see. I'll be tuning in, though. I'll tell you that. Them winning that game against Green Bay last week, I'll be locked into the Bears. I'll see. I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens. Now, if they lose to the Bears, then we're right back to where we started. Forget about it. Don't care about it. Call me next year about it. Unless we win three straight, call me next year. If they beat the Bears, next week we can talk. All right, you heard me open up at the gate. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on a fucking aircraft carrier. When you're listening to this, I might already, depending on the time of day, I might already be on an aircraft carrier. I might be going onto that aircraft carrier in the next hour, two hours. I'm going to be off the coast of San Diego, north base naval station or something. I can't remember what it's called. Coronado Island on a fucking nuclear powered aircraft carrier, the USS Abraham Lincoln. I'm going to be on the flight deck yelling, buzz the tower. You're good to go. I'm going to be dressed up like those guys in Top Gun highway, just fucking flagging F-18s. Go, 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 go. I'm going to be on the flight deck of a five billion with a B dollar ship in America's finest city, watching the Michigan State Spartans play the number one team in America on a fucking basketball court that they built on the runway. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And I don't really know what else to say. Like, I cannot articulate what I'm feeling. I know the moment I step on. Shout out Pat Green before anything. Shout out my guy, Patrick fucking Green. Hostile Pat. If you've got a cigarette that you don't need, give it to this guy because he'll smoke it and he'd love nothing more. Don't get him a car. Don't send him a wool sweater. Get this guy a pack of cowboy killers. Write him a nice note. Say, thanks, Pat. You're the man. Can't believe you pulled this off. And let him be on his merry way because that's how Pat Green dies happy. Shout out to him. Shout out to his brother who I believe is in fact in the Navy for getting us the tickets. I can't believe I'm going to be at this game. I really can't. I was at the University of Washington in September watching State get their teeth kicked in there. But before that game started, the vibes were at an all-time high. And I was kind of looking around Husky Stadium going all weekend in Seattle going, whoa, dude, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I made it out to the fucking West Coast. I'm watching Michigan State in Seattle, Washington. We're like 3,000 miles away from where we're all from. And I'm watching State here. What the fuck? I cannot believe, dude, I'm going to be on an aircraft carrier. My dad, my dad could buy us tickets to a museum aircraft carrier tour and I'd be like, this is fucking wild. These things are real. Aircraft carriers are real. They're not just created for the game Battleship. This shit exists. Imagine the mind-blowingness. The first time I saw a cruise ship in Miami, I was like, what the fuck is that thing? There's no way cruise ships are that big. I'm about to step foot. I'm about to see an aircraft carrier for a first time. I'm going to step foot. I'm going to see some guns so big they look like a fucking subway cart. I could be going to a tour given by a 60-year-old man who speaks in a cadence and a monotone that would put a screaming baby to bed. And I would still be shaking. I'd still be thinking, whoa, dude, I can't believe this. 
I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to watch my favorite college basketball team, my alma mater, the flagship program at Michigan State, Tom Izzo's Spartans. I'm going to watch them play a basketball game against the number one ranked team in the country, Gonzaga, who's been great year in, year out for the last, what, 10, 15 on the deck of an aircraft carrier in San Diego, California, potentially one of the most beautiful cities in the lower 50 or 48, whatever the fuck. I can't believe it. I'm going to get on that. I'm going to get on that. uh, What do you call a boat? Her. I know you call it she, but is it like the barge? I'm going to get on that barge. My legs are going to be shaking. I'm going to take a thousand fucking pictures. I don't even know. The craziest thing is when I watch State at home, right? Like when it's a regular season at Michigan State, Rutgers, Michigan State, anybody. I'm so wired in. I get upset. I'm emotional. A turnover drives me nuts. I'm going to be so fucking rattled by just the entire spectacle of the occasion. I don't even know if I'm going to like register the game. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be capable of getting upset when we turn the ball over. I don't know if I'll be capable of being frustrated if we're missing wide open shots. Like I legitimately don't even I'll just smile the whole time. Gonzaga could beat us by 40 and I think I'd just be up in the stands grinning ear to ear thinking what the fuck is happening the whole time. Like that's how rattled I plan on being. I can't believe I'm going. I cannot wait to watch these guys. As for the game, we know Gonzaga is Gonzaga, right? We know they're going to be great. I think I read they returned six of their top eight scores from last year. That seems pretty good. Drew Timmy's returning for his ninth season at Gonzaga. It's absurd that that guy still has um, eligibility. I'm pretty sure he's old enough to run for president at this point. We know what Gonzaga is. They're going to be a good team. They've got good bigs. They've got good guards. They've got good wings. They're athletic. They can shoot. There's a reason they're ranked the first team in the country, right? There's a reason everybody, quote-unquote, expert, thinks they're the best. They have a good team. They have good players. Mark Few's a good coach when he's not hitting the bottle and going 70 down the interstate. On the other hand, a couple things. One, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I really don't. I don't give a fuck. This could be Kobe's Lakers, dude. I don't give a fuck who were playing any place, whether it was on an aircraft carrier or in somebody's basement. I don't give a fuck who it is. Gonzaga, that's great. You're ranked number one. That's awesome. You got a great team. Great. I don't care, dude. We got a great team too. We're Michigan State. We don't put out trash. Tom Izzo's our coach. He had that little one, two-year skid where Aaron Henry was pulling us by his fucking bootstraps, just dragging us into the tournament and through those games. He had that little skid, and he woke up. Tom Izzo snapped out of it. We hit the transfer portal. He started to re-elevate the recruiting. I don't know. You know, I'll never understand why he kind of mailed it in for a couple years there. But that's not what we're here to talk about. And we got it back together. We got some dogs on this team. Jaden Akins is a dog. He doesn't care who you are. No, he doesn't. Leader of the team, starting point guard, A.J. Hogard, potentially the next in a long line of greats. He's a dog, too. He doesn't give a fuck. He's going to guard you. He's going to get in your chest. He's going to make you earn every forget bucket. He's going to make you earn every step, every dribble you take out on that floor. We've got some bigs now. Jackson Kohler can work. I know he's a freshman. That guy can work. He can score on you down low. We haven't had that in a minute. Not since Nick Ward. Just throw it to him in the paint and let him operate. Haven't had that since Nick Ward. Jackson Kohler can be that guy. Maddie Sissoko, still raw. 
Still doesn't have much of a perimeter game. Listen, the guy's like 6'10". He's built like a superhuman. He's athletic. He's lanky. He'll cause some fucking problems. He'll protect the rim. He'll finish. He'll throw down an alley-oop. He can do some stuff. He might not be the most polished basketball player in the world, but he is a freak of, of nature. He can do shit on the basketball court. As long as he can catch, he can do stuff on offense. And as long as he looks like that and his legs work, he can do stuff on defense, plain and simple. As far as the wings, Malik Hall's got experience. He's a dog, too. He doesn't give. Joey Hauser's back again. Don't He's not my favorite player in the world, but he can shoot the three, right? Hopefully he's not in one of those moods where he thinks he's Allen Iverson and he tries to dribble and get into the paint, which inevitably always leads to a turnover. Hopefully he understands his role tomorrow. Just, you know, if I'm open, shoot. If I'm not, pass. That's about it. Crash the glass a little bit. I like this team. Pierre Brooks, I think, looked pretty good. I think he's going to take a step. Big body, physical guy. He can shoot the three ball, too. I like Pierre a lot. Tyson Walker, we know what he is. When he gets aggressive and he understands. The thing with Tyson Walker, we harped on it last year. The thing with Tyson was never, is he capable? The thing with Tyson was always, does he realize? It's not, is he good? It's, does he realize he's good? And I think you got to hope. You got to believe he started to turn it on as the year wore on last year towards tournament time. I don't know if Tom Izzo started to get in his ear more and more or maybe more than getting his ear, getting his fucking face and let him know. Hey, Tyson, if you don't do stuff, if you don't get aggressive and make plays, we're going to lose. Do it. You're one of our better players. You're maybe our best guard. You're maybe at least our top two playmakers. Do shit. If you're open, you can shoot. Shoot it. If they give you a space to go to the rim, go to the fucking rim. Like, it felt like he refused to be aggressive, and then he finally got aggressive, and it started to work. You think another year in, under his belt, another year in the system, another year of hopefully gaining confidence in the weight room, in the practice sessions, whatever it is. I like Tyson Walker. you got to believe he's going to have something to say on the aircraft tomorrow too. So I like State's odds. I understand we're underdogs. I understand we're projected to lose the game. I understand they're the best team in the country. I get it. I'm not, you know, I'm not a fucking fool. But I don't care, dude. I know we got guys too. I know we got dogs. I know we're going to come out national TV on a goddamn aircraft carrier. Listen, California's a big Gonzaga school. Talking to my buddies from out here, a lot of kids, at least from SoCal, go up to Gonzaga. I don't care. I don't care. There's going to be dogs. There's going to be MSU people running wild throughout San Diego Friday, too. You can set your fucking watch to it. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm, I'm so grateful, and I'm so happy I just get to be there. I'm fired up. All right, let me take a quick break, and then, yeah, we probably won't do any Red Wings or Pistons today. We'll do a little bit of MSU football, a little bit of Michigan football, maybe five minutes of each, and then uh, we'll call it a day. Well, Michigan State plays Rutgers. And I don't know. You know, like, I, I feel good. It was fun beating Illinois last week. We talked about it on Wednesday's episode. It was a huge win. It was more than just winning a game. It was more than just improving the record. It was more than working towards making a bowl game. It was a culture win. It was like a, it was like Mel Tucker validating himself type win. It was a Mel Tucker fuck you to all the haters and the naysayers out there of which – 
there are a disturbing amount. It's weird. It's weird. Do you think MSU, like, I get us as fans, and I've said this before, like, all offseason we were extremely rah-rah and ridiculous, tough coming, all that shit, but why wouldn't we be, right? Year two, nobody thought it would work. We were getting clowned on when we hired him. Year two, we have a Heisman candidate. We win 11 games. We beat Michigan in maybe the game of the year. Like, of course, of course, we're recruiting better than we ever have. Of course, we're going to be rah-rah. Of course, we're going to be obnoxious. We're going to let you know we're Michigan State fans, and we're fucking killing it. That's what being a college fan is, especially a college football fan. But it's wild how many MSU haters there are. Like, I get the haters of Alabama. I get the haters of Texas, of Tennessee, of Michigan. Michigan State? Michigan State? Like, don't get me wrong. I know we're big time. I know we're a huge fan base. I know a lot of people in Michigan, affiliated with Michigan or not, know somebody who went to Michigan State. Like, I've learned it firsthand moving to Southern California. It's fucking insane the amount of MSU, just like Mandela effects you run into. See people with the stickers on the road. You meet people at bars whose brother went to state. You meet people in line at Jersey Mike's whose cousin went to state. Like, you meet people who went to state themselves. You meet people whose kids are going to state. Like, it's it's fucking bananas the the reach MSU has. So I get we're a big time program. We're a big time university. We have a lot of reach. But the amount of hate MSU gets is absolutely bananas. Like it makes no sense. Oh. Hi. God damn. I just got walked up on. I gotta go to dinner. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. Ladies and germs, boys and girls, welcome back to the Detroiter Talking Sports, Motor City, Men's State, Nick Bradley. It's the end of an era. Um, it is, it's the end of an era. I am currently laying on the floor of my apartment. My lease ends in a few days here. I'm all moved out. All that remains is a red solo cup full of loose change a super uncomfortable chair that I'm going to throw away, my dish rack, and my Brita filter, um, and a trash can. Nothing remains. Clothes are gone. Furniture's gone. Any remnants of the person that they call Nick Bradley, no more. They have moved on to a new location, to a new place, to a new beginning, really. And I know, look, I know what you're thinking. Michigan State plays Friday. Michigan plays Saturday. They're trying to win a fucking natty. What are we talking about you moving out? I don't know. I, you can probably tell that my voice doesn't sound as clean as it usually does. The genius I am, the planner that I am, the media titan that the Detroiter show is, I moved all of my podcast stuff to the new place already. Um, I didn't really think about doing this episode before the games this weekend, but I felt it fitting. You know, I was going to just do this at the new place and get things going, but I don't know. Something, maybe it's the nostalgic, the romantic in me. I wanted to do one last show, one last episode in the place I've been living in for the last year and eight months about. Um, I don't know how many episodes that amounts to. Feels like a shit ton. All of last year's football season, two basketball seasons, um, it's been a minute, dude. I moved to California after Thanksgiving in 2021. Yep, 2021, that's right. Um, and this is the place I've been living ever since I came out here. So it's kind of, I don't know. I feel it's like a little bit of a bittersweet, like reflection. You know how sometimes you get in your feels, you go see a nice-ass sunset and you're walking around. Maybe you're listening to music. Maybe you aren't. Maybe you're on the phone with your parents. I don't know. 
and you just kind of sit there and like reflect. You kind of just think about, damn, dude, maybe it's after a weekend where you had a blast. Maybe you saw some old friends. Maybe you were just traveling and saw new things and met new people. You just have that feeling sometimes where you're like, damn, dude, life is fucking wild. Um, things are going by fast. Ferris Bueller, that dude, it was a bar. If you don't stop and look around, you just might miss it, dude. I can't believe I'm coming up on two years of living in California. This apartment that I've, I'm doing this in right now, laying on the fucking floor, the nasty-ass carpet. I spilled beers on this carpet, dude. I would eat all of my meals on the couch. It's disgusting. I can't believe the only apartment, the only place of living I've ever known since being out here, I'm out of. Like, when I really started to go cover your children's ears balls deep in the podcast game was once I moved here because before I was at my parents place I got a parent or two parents two sisters running around making fucking noise I have a room that I barely could fit anything in Um, it was a very rinky dink operation so then when I came out here I had a place to myself I got a desk I started filming I got a ring light I had a proper microphone it elevated I was, I was like, actually, no, it's not fucking Barstool Sports or Bleacher Report or anything like that. But for my standards, you know, we kind of leveled up. I was doing the damn thing. I was making this as legit as I could with my resources and my space and my time and all that. I feel very grateful that I've gotten to this point. Um, not only with the podcast, like I feel very grateful that I've been lucky enough to grow up outside Detroit, grow up around great people. I grew up in Troy. I love Troy is not a whole lot to do in Troy going back now. It's like, all right, second night there. I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I understand why I wanted to leave. I'm so grateful. I went to Michigan state university. Some of my best friends in the world, some of the most important connections, Some of my fondest memories all stem from being a Spartan. I mean, dude, living out here, over half the people I've met, over half the people I hang out with, all of my best friends, I wouldn't know a single one of them. I'd know one. I would know one person here if it wasn't for Michigan State. And that guy, we would be acquaintances. We wouldn't even be friends. He went to the rival high school. We knew who each other were. We became friends at Michigan State. Everything I have, not everything, but a lot of what I have, certainly like socially, excuse me, and like professionally selling the shirts, doing this podcast, recording the videos, it feels like everything I have, I owe it to Michigan State. People like you listening right now, I owe it to Michigan State. Experiences, who I am, like growing as a person, professionally, Socially, just like as a human fucking washing my dishes instead of letting them soak, talking to strangers, dealing with conflict, facing adversity, all of that stuff, like getting used to being alone, solving problems without your parents there to come help you out. Everything that's kind of led me to this moment. Yeah, it's from my childhood and growing up in Troy and around those people and that support system. But so much of it, dude, was going away to Michigan State, where a lot of my, you know, I had high school friends at State. I knew people when I got there. It's not like I was totally alone. But you're kind of thrown into the deep end of the pool where you got to meet new people. You got to figure out where this classroom is. You got to, you know, 
How the fuck are you going to get from Brody to Hubbard before 2 p.m.? You got to figure all this stuff. How do you make chicken and rice? You got to figure it all out. How do you take care of yourself? I owe it so much to Michigan State. Um, and, you know, I started this podcast. I started doing the videos. Not not because, like, oh, I want to connect more. I mean, I get, it's great. It's fucking awesome connecting with people from MSU via the Internet. But I did it because I loved talking sports. Um, I love Michigan State, mainly because I went to school there. I was submerged in the culture. Like I've said before, my freshman season, the first like game that, I mean, I had visited in high school, but I didn't know my left foot from my right. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. I went for a Michigan, Michigan State game my senior year of high school. So that would have been 2014. I could, I didn't, I, I didn't know where the fuck I was, dude. I couldn't believe I was in a real place. <clears throat> my first big game at state as a student was that MSU Oregon game in East Lansing. The college football playoff year, obviously the trouble with the snap game, um, the windmill kick against Ohio State, the LJ reach against Iowa, and then the basketball team that year, unfortunately, you know, they lost to Middle Tennessee State, but it was one of the best in the country. They were electric all year long. My first experiences with sports at MSU were as good as they could have been, right? Like outside of that Middle Tennessee State game, they were as good as it could have been. I immediately fell in love with everything about it, and I obviously had liked college sports and all that shit beforehand. But you don't really feel it until you're there. Like, even to this day, dude, I have a lot of friends. My dad, he went to Central. I got friends who went to Western. I got a bunch of friends from Grand Valley. Like, even them, and, you know, they're, they're Michigan fans or they're MSU fans, and they like college sports. They'll watch the games. But you can still tell. You can feel watching with them, talking to them. And even just knowing, like, going to these universities, it's just not the same. Like, you just cannot artificially create the feeling that you have when you feel like, I, I wasn't on the fucking team. I wasn't watching film with Coach D and all of them. But you feel like you're a part of it in some way, whether that's just screaming in the crowd, whether that's drinking 70 beers on a beautiful October Saturday in East Lansing, Michigan. There's something that, that's different when you get there and now you feel like you're part of it. Um, I'm grateful for all of the people, whether you're a Michigan State fan, a Michigan fan, whether you don't give a fuck about either school and you like the Lions or whoever. I'm grateful for everybody that's kind of joined me on this journey, that's listened, um, the people that have supported, whether that's buying shirts, whether that's telling their friends about the podcast, whether that's listening to the podcast themselves. I'm grateful for the people that I've, you know, kind of virtually met via Twitter that'll go back and forth. I've gotten to the point now where I recognize some of the handles that'll come up and, you know, it's, it's friendly banter. I'm grateful for that. I'll be in East Lansing for the game Friday. I'm grateful that I hope, I hope I get to meet some people walking around EL that I wouldn't have otherwise known or come in contact with or, or shared a word with. I'm grateful for all of it. I'm grateful for this apartment, dude, that, that kind of allowed me my own space on my own to kind of hone in and realize, like, like you got you to gotta kind of put the pedal to the metal a little bit. Like, you now have an opportunity to put the pedal to the metal, and I did. I think last fall was unreal. Um, now, I, I, I won't sugarcoat it. This summer has been a little bit of a drag. I can't lie. It's tough. Like, I'm trying to make these videos. I'm trying to do these podcasts, dude. Once the Red Wing season ends and that shit was over a little bit earlier than the NHL season ended altogether, 
But once that ends, it's like, bro, we know what we got with the Tigers. While they had some exciting moments, and Carpenter Green tore the pitching staff and maybe nice going forward, it's a bit of a drag in the summertime. And you can look at the numbers. Like, I see the shirt sales. Like, when football comes around, it's different. The podcast listenership, it's different. The interactions on the internet, it's different. The The support for the brand, it's different. I'm grateful for all of that. I couldn't be more excited that we've gotten to this moment. It feels – it's fucking – every year, it's funny, like football season comes and it goes and it ends and it feels like it's never going to come back and then the summer hits and it's awesome that it's summertime, right? Let's unplug a little bit. Let's go outside. Let's get on the water. Let's see some friends. Let's travel. Still feels like it's never going to come again. August hits. You know you're on the break. You're talking about jerseys. We're talking about where Mel Tucker is sitting – in team photographs, we're talking about Jim Harbaugh buying hamburgers. And it's still, it's still, you know you're a couple weeks away and it still feels like it's never going to come. And sure as shit, every year you get to the point where it's like, wow, we're fucking here, dude. I'm going to watch Michigan State strap them up in year four of Mel Tucker Friday. I'm going to be in person. Spartan Stadium is going to be decked out, striped in green and white. It is going to be a live atmosphere. The streets of East Lansing will be buzzing. People are going to be excited. People are going to be smiling. Beers will be had. Conversation will be in the air. Michigan fans, Ann Arbor is going to be electric. you got a big season ahead. Probably the most exciting or most anticipated team they've rolled out in my lifetime, I would say. I guess I was alive in 97, but, you know, I was four months old when the football season started, so I don't really count that one. It's unbelievable that we're here. Um, It's unbelievable that my life's journey is about to take me to a new place. I lived alone this last year and eight months. I'm about to move in with two people who I'm friends with, but I wouldn't say I'm best friends with. One of them I'm better friends with than the other. Haven't had a roommate in two years. Haven't had a roommate that weren't my direct family members in like four. It's crazy. It's crazy that it's all, I don't know, that just like the journey of life where it takes you is fucking wild to think about. So even though I know the audio probably sounds a little different because I'm just sitting here in this empty room talking into my phone with the AC blasting me in the fucking face, um, it just felt right. I felt like I had to do this one today one last time in this apartment. There's going to be no video on this one. It won't be on YouTube because like I said, I'm an idiot. So I moved all of my stuff already before I could record this. I just felt like I had to do one last year just to close the chapter on, on the last year and eight months, the last football season, all the designs, all the episodes, all the talking points, all the news, everything that's happened. I would say the highs and the lows, but it's been pretty much lows. I mean, it's been pretty much lows for Detroit. Uh, the lines were cool last year. You know, the 9-8 and eight was fun. We still didn't make the playoffs. Tigers, Red Wings, Pistons, lows. MSU, fucking rock bottom low last season, which was a bummer. Dude, I was, I was ready to fucking unload. I was ready to go ham. Dude, I'm in my own apartment. I got a fucking green screen. MSU's coming off an 11-win season. I'm ready to go 12-0 and and let my neighbors know that I went to Michigan State because I'm screaming about Mel Tucker being a mad genius. I was ready for it. 5-7, and seven, season sucked. We were the worst. Unfortunate. But hopefully, as I have a new beginning, 
Michigan State does as well. Hopefully there's a little bit of a, a turning of the corner this year. And it, we talked the last week's episode, we ran through the schedule. I ran through MSU's. I ran through Michigan's. Um, I think I said for MSU, you know, seven and five is kind of the target. I, I, I know people say eight and four is crazy. I don't think eight and four is that crazy. Now, anything beyond eight and four, I'm like, yeah, that's probably crazy. Is it impossible? Fuck no. Fuck no. We were supposed to win four games in 2021. We won 11. Ran through the Michigan schedule there. You know, that's a little bit easier outside of Ohio State and Penn State. It's like, yeah, they're going to win all these. Michigan State, Michigan, that's always a throw throw the records out game. But I know who will be favored. I know who has the better team on paper. I know who won last year, right? Um, But going into this weekend... I just want to talk, I guess, a little bit about not so much the game because I'm not going to sit here and pretend. You guys know me at this point. If you've been listening for a while. Well, I don't fucking know Central Michigan football's personnel. I don't know who their quarterback is. I don't know if they had a good run game last year. I don't know what their defense looks like. I don't know about Central. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to do the X's and O's matchup. Well, Michigan State... Yeah, if we can exploit their nose tackle who's a little banged up, we should be able to run it up the A-gap all day. I'm not going to sit here and do that because I don't know anything. I don't even know about Michigan State. Nobody does. I know who's going to play. I know who's on the team. I know what we need to improve. I don't fucking know until it actually happens, though. The biggest expert in the world doesn't know. QB situation could be incredible. We could be wondering what Peyton Thorne was doing for a single snap under center last year. And on the flip side of that coin, we could be wondering why we ever let him go, why Mel Tucker ever said it would be an open competition. I don't know. The offensive line, I think, should be much better. They could be just as bad, if not worse. The defensive line, the front seven, I think they should be stout. I think they should be one of the better units in all of the Big Ten. They could be bottom of the pack. The secondary, I would like to believe, will improve. More talent, sure, they're a little more inexperienced, but the talent's there. They've been in the system. I don't I I literally don't understand how it could possibly get worse. I was wrong about that last year though. So I don't know. I just kind of want to talk mainly Michigan State because like I said, Michigan, what is there to say about the Michigan East Carolina game? And I do feel kind of bad. People have given me grief before. They're like, "How are you going to call y- yourself or, or the show?" And you know, it's funny. People call me the Detroiter. I'm like, "Dude, I the Detroiter is the name of the podcast. I just started that to do the podcast. The reason I started doing the videos is because I made one about the Lions in Dan Campbell's first year where we started 0-3 against like the Ravens, the Packers, and someone else that was good that year. And everyone was freaking out. And I was like, what the fuck are we complaining about? It's year one of Dan Campbell. We know we stink. How is everyone jumping ship? You thought we were going to beat these teams? That's a you problem, dude. That's not a Dan Campbell problem. That's a you problem. And it popped off, and I started going, okay, hold on a second. Maybe to get viewership on the podcast, I should just do these videos and start to direct people that way. So I kind of stuck with it, and then it's all turned into this thing where it's the character and it's the brand, but it is the podcast. It always was the podcast. That was the initial brainchild. That's the name. The Detroiter is the name of the show. That's why I called it that. I didn't mean to call myself that, but I'll get people that give me grief, and they go, how are you going to call yourself that and never talk about Michigan? I, I hear you. I mean, I do. I try to talk about Michigan. And, yeah, I'm going to pull Michigan's leg. Yeah, I'm going to tease. Yeah, I'm going to talk some shit. But I try to be pretty fair. Like, I'm not one of those people who every waking moment I'm scrolling through Michigan's Twitter going, oh, 
I can't believe they used this font on this post announcing the spring game. I'm not one of those guys. Like, I don't really care. Michigan's good. Michigan was great last year. I don't – I'm not afraid to call them great. Michigan's going to be great again this year. I'm not afraid to say that. Michigan's probably the favorite to win the Big Ten. I don't know the Vegas line exactly, but I would assume they are. There's nothing wrong with admitting the truth. Michigan will be the favorite to win that game in East Lansing on October 21st. Do I want them to? Fuck no. I hope State's beat, State beats them by 1,000. I can admit that they are the favorite. I can admit most people would predict them to win. I can admit <coughs> if State <coughs> does win that game, it'd be a massive upset. I got no problem being impartial. I got no problem giving somebody or a team their flowers no matter how much I may dislike them. But it's tough, dude. It's almost like I remember saying it so much the canine year about MSU as well. It's tough to like go in and try to dissect a game, especially when it's East Carolina, especially when it's Central Michigan, when one team is so dominant. Now, Michigan State, I don't think we're poised to be that dominant team that we were in 2021. But Michigan, they're dominant. They're going to run the ball down your fucking face. And then the second you step up on a play action, they're going to hit you over the top for 40 yards. The moment you cover everybody, the moment you got the run game bottled up, J.J. McCarthy is going to scamper for a first down. The defense is going to get after you in the pass rush. They're going to stop the run. They've got all-American potential at each cornerback position. Like, what is there to say? It's almost a peril of being so good. I think I said it a couple weeks ago where it's like, do Michigan fans, obviously you're happy your team, you know, is great and you're going to have this big season and there's the expectation. But I was like, it's almost not a, not a downside, but if there was a downside to being this elite team that all the stars are aligned, what, what is there to say? You know how you're going to try and win games. You know what your strengths are, pretty much everything. You know you're going to face what should be inferior competition every single week outside of two, maybe three. And even then, it's probably neck and neck Ohio State. Uh, The last two years would suggest Michigan is superior. Penn State, Michigan should be superior. Michigan State, superior. Obviously, it's the game of football. we got to see how it plays out on the field. It's tough to sit here and go, well, let's talk about Michigan. Let's dive into Michigan. Let's talk this East Carolina. They're coming to the big house. Jim Harbaugh's not going to be coaching. What is there to say? What is there to say that hasn't been said? What is there to say that any Michigan fan doesn't already know? Like, you're going to run the ball for 300 yards. Blake Corum is going to get his Heisman campaign off to a great start. Donovan Edwards might throw his head in the ring too because fuck it, why not? You guys can score 70 on these guys. J.J. McCarthy's going to look elite because everyone's going to be running open. The defense is going to be fucking outstanding because you're playing East Carolina. What is there to say? So I feel bad. I don't mean to like brush Michigan under the rug because they don't deserve that. If you know, like in this state, if anybody deserves to be brushed under the rug, it's MSU. But here's the problem. I went to MSU. I care more about MSU. I'm more interested in what happens with MSU this season. And beyond that, I think even from an impartial point of view, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens with Michigan. Can they beat Ohio State a third time? Will they hold off Penn State in what's supposed to be their year? Finally, 
even though every year it's like, look out for Penn State, dude. They're underrated in the Big Ten. Oh, this is the most talented defense James Franklin's ever had. Drew Alar is the fucking man in the running back room. All right, Penn State. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of a narrative there. Yeah, can Jim Harbaugh win in the postseason? He's expected to make the playoff once he gets there. Can he beat a Texas? Can he beat an Alabama? Can he beat Georgia? Yeah, those are those those are interesting storylines to follow, no doubt. But those are storylines that are going to come to fruition and are going to heat up 12 weeks from now. That's not a storyline we're worried about on August 29th. That's something we're worried about on November 21st. You know what I mean? So it's tough to sit here and like dive deep on U of M. And I, I don't mean to like exclude Michigan because I'm a state guy. Like I don't, I don't mean it to be that. I hope it doesn't come off that way. I try to talk about them. But yeah, at some point, what is there to say? Like it's fucking hunky-dory in Ann Arbor. Jim Harbaugh spurned the NFL this offseason. Sure, he'll miss a couple games. You're playing schools of the deaf and the blind just like the old days. You're going to steamroll everybody in his absence. What is there to say? There's no new quarterback. There's no new tailback. There's no new offensive line. There's no new defense. Like, you're returning the same team except probably better than last year. We're on the flip side, Michigan State. Yeah, we're we're not expected to achieve as much. We don't have the star power that Michigan has. Um, Mel Tucker isn't as bona fide as Jim Harbaugh is in the grand scheme, although, you know, he is 2 and 1 against Jim Harbaugh. People, like, seem to forget that. Michigan fans seem to not like to acknowledge that. It's a fact. He has beaten Jim Harbaugh more times than Jim Harbaugh's beaten him. That's a fact. It's just a true statement. But there is a little bit, to me, it's a little bit more compelling following Michigan State just because you look at the scope of the state of the program at the moment. Mel Tucker, first year. Came in after signing day, COVID, bullshit year. Still beat Michigan as three-score underdogs. Still knocked off a top-ten team in Northwestern. Following year, we're supposed to win four games. We got a Heisman-caliber running back. We win 11. We beat Michigan in one of the best games of my life. Got smoked by OSU. That wasn't great, but we win the Sugar Bowl. And then in year three, People are feeling good. Vibes are high. What are we going to do this year? No K-9, but hey, Mel Tucker just won 11 games last year. He gets the fat contract. The facility is getting built. Ishby is shitting money into the football program. And we go 5-7. and seven. We get embarrassed by Minnesota, embarrassed by Indiana, embarrassed by Michigan, embarrassed by Ohio State. Not many close losses. Not many games you walked away. Even the one state won, dude. Not many games you walked away from feeling too good about. I was in Seattle. For the Washington game. That was an ass beating. That shit was embarrassing. There was a horde of Spartans in Seattle all weekend long talking shit, conglomerating, feeling good, telling everybody who would listen that Tuck's coming. And we got our asses kicked on national TV. I was in foreign territory getting chirped by children wearing purple and gold. The bleachers under me are shaking on third downs, and they're already up three touchdowns. Peyton Thorne looks like he's never read a defense before in his life. We look like we don't understand the concept of running the football, let alone trying to execute it. Um, There was not much positive last year. Guys decommitting, transfers moving away, Keon Coleman's going to Florida State. Now Mel Tucker's talking about we need more NIL help. I don't know how I can compete with OSU and Penn State and Michigan if I don't have the NIL. 
but it's the dawn of a new season. It's the dawn of a new time. And there's the potential in the air for progress to be made. Um, it's a pivotal season, it feels like, for MSU. And I think Michigan fans, you could probably, you know, you could admit that too. Whether you're someone who cares about MSU's every waking move, like where Mel's sitting in the photo, or you don't care at all. As a college football fan, you could ask someone in Alabama. It's an interesting position for Michigan State this year. Like, even though we're not going to win the Big Ten, right? Even though it's not like, fuck the Jim Harbaugh, like you've lost to Ohio State six straight years now. Are you ever going to get over the hump? Even though we don't have anything like that, like no Goliath, we got a bunch of, we have six Goliaths. It feels like a pivotal year. Like what is the momentum of the program right now? Where is this thing headed? Is it getting better? Are you going to show me on the field wins and losses, points on the board, numbers that it's getting better? Were you right to retain Scotty Hazleton and Jay Johnson? Do they know what they're doing? Was it just the bad offensive line? Was it just the injuries? Do they know? Are you sure? Are these the guys, Mel? Like, it's a pivotal, the fan base. The fan base. Now, I don't think too many MSU people have turned on Mel Tucker to this point. I think you'd be kind of foolish to do so. But I think it's safe to say there are people starting to scratch heads. I think it's safe to say there are people starting to ask a couple questions. And I don't think those people are wrong. I, me. Me, for one of them. Show me, Mel. Let's see it, Mel. I backed you up. Everyone said, canine, 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 canine. You owe him 95 mil. You're the guy who went and found them. Show me, Mel. Do that again. Are these high school guys, if you can't recruit at Michigan State, you probably can't recruit. Did you? Can these guys play? I know they're only sophomores. All right. I just watched a freshman for USC light it up this past weekend. Zachariah Branch. We don't have any top 10 guys playing this year, but did you recruit? Can you recruit? Let's see it. Quick break. We'll do a little bit more and we'll call it a day. I think Mel, no matter what happens, if State goes, maybe not if they go 0-12, but if State goes 2-10 this year, which barring a comet hitting campus, uh, I don't think will happen. Excuse me. But if State goes 2-10, I think Mel Tucker has the 2024 season regardless. I think... He's the coach, to, like, barring any off-the-field scandals or shit like that. No matter what happens on the field, I think Mel's got next year. But this is a year, this is a year where, this is a year where you can buy 2025. Like, I think if State goes 7-5 and five this year, Mel now not only has 2024, but I think he's probably got 2025 locked down too, assuming... 2024, he goes eight and four or better. Okay. But beyond that, this year, yeah, you, it's, it's fans time. Like it's, we got to make sure everyone's still on board time. And I'm still on board. I'm still rocking with Mel. I understand the situation he took over. I understand what D'Antonio left him, which is another funny thing about the whole Mel Tucker era and the haters looking from the outside in is like people just refuse to acknowledge that what he walked into people refuse to give context to the situation he took over after D'Antonio 
The facility's getting built. That locker room they just unveiled a month or two ago. Um, the facilities are getting built, which should help recruiting. Hopefully, you know, I, they had a fucking sweet weight room already. I go to LA Fitness. They have a sweet weight weight room already. It'd be cool if the new facility made our guys stronger and faster than they were prior. I don't know if that'll happen, but he'll be able to recruit a little bit more. Hopefully, NIL gets a little better. This is another big season for that. You want more money? You want people who have already given you 95 mil into your pockets, more money for your coaching staff, more money for your facilities, for NIL? You want more? This is a year where you have to prove to those people, hey, I am the man for the job. Hey, I do know what I'm doing. Hey, if you do give me that money, it is going to lead to more success. And this is, this is a year where you just got to calm the storm a little bit. Um, five and seven last year was bad. Fucking terrible. It's horrible. And not only the record, but the way we lost games. Some of the games that we lost, like that Indiana game, inexcusable. Um, getting smoked by some of these teams. Like, I know Washington was great. We got fucking embarrassed. I know Michigan was great. We got embarrassed. I know Ohio State's great. We haven't played Ohio State well since 2016. Dude, when I was in college, Ohio State was still Ohio State. They were still winning the Big Ten. They were still kicking Michigan's ass every year. Their whole It was natty or bust in Columbus. When I was in college, dude, every single year I would go into the Ohio State game like, fuck it, we play them pretty well. I think we got a chance. 2015, we beat them. 2016, the year we went 3-9. and nine. I think the game, it was like 14-7, to 14-10, something like it was the, the lowest, worst game. They were ranked second in the country, played in East Lansing. It was like a one-possession game. We couldn't move the ball. Three plays, punt. Every time State got it, but they couldn't move it either. It was a tough game. Yeah, they beat us, and we sucked, but it was a tough game. We played them hard. Even the year after that, we went to Columbus. We ended up getting smoked, but the first half, it was a decent game. Brian Lewerke throwing touchdowns to Darrell Stewart. We haven't played Ohio State tough since 2016, bro. That was part of the shit that Michigan State, like the new era, the D'Antonio era, that's part of the shit that they were built on. Like, I'm not expecting State to go win that game in Columbus this year because it's not going to happen. But can we look like we have a pulse against those guys for the first time in seven fucking seasons? Like, can we look like we belong on the same field as them at least? You know what I mean? I'm not asking you to go upset them. I'm not even asking you to take them to the wire. But can we look like we've played organized football before one time when we have Ohio State lined up across from us? Please. Every fucking time. Every fucking time D'Antonio's guys played them. It was decent. Other than the one, the 10-3 and year where we got smoked that year too. That was after 2016 though. But it felt like, all right, Ohio State, we, we always give these guys something. We always make them sweat at least a little bit. Can we look like we deserve to fucking be there once? Michigan, they stomped us last year. I don't expect that to happen again. Like I said earlier, that's usually, you know, a throw the, throw the record books out the window type game. I think anything can happen in that one. But don't get stomped by them again. Don't get stomped. Give them a fucking run. Win the, game, win the goddamn game. Washington, in East Lansing, Penix wants a Seisman. They want the playoff. Fuck them. Fuck them. Give them a little payback. Like, can we look like a team this year that's organized? Can we look like a team this year 
that like, wants to be there, that's well coached, that knows their responsibilities, can we not have an opposing wide receiver run wide fucking open down the middle of the field three times a game this season? Can we not hinge any of our defensive success on one player, and if he goes out, nobody has a fucking clue what's happening anymore? Can we look like a cohesive unit? Can we look like we have a little bit of fucking vinegar in our bellies? Like, can we look like we're pissed off about what happened last year? Can we look like that we fucking remember we're Michigan State? I know we're not Alabama. I know we're not Georgia. Can we? We're Michigan State, though. That means something. As long as I've known MSU football, that's meant something. Maybe it hasn't meant national championships. It's meant Big Ten championships. It's meant beating Michigan. It's meant beating Penn State. It's meant playing Ohio State hard. It's meant beating teams like Washington in marquee non-conference games. It's meant Spartan Stadium being full for all 12 weeks. It's meant the fan base being fired up and caring and invested for the duration of a season. It's meant the players looking like they play every down like it's their last. It's meant the players looking like, I don't give a fuck what the record is. I don't care who the opponent is. I am going to bust my ass and bust your chops every single play today. Can we get back to that? Can we look like it is getting better? Like, can we look like, I hear all the time about Kapilovich, how great an offensive line coach he is. And again, I understand the talent. Last year's there were injuries. Okay. Can we, like, is that guy as great as they say? Is Kapilovich that awesome? Can it look like it? Can the offensive line move some guys around this year? Can we create a couple fucking holes? Can we get a little bit of a push? Can we give Noah Kim some time on third and eight? Can the second man in look like he's played a snap of football before if there is an injury? Can we show some improvement? The running backs, canine, generational guy. Can we look like, though, our coaches had anything to do with that? Like, can we develop another one? Doesn't need to be Kenneth Walker, but can we show an improvement from last year? Jay Johnson, I understand. Much like Peyton Thorne, I said last week, had the greatest offensive situation MSU's probably ever had in that 2021 season. Can he look like he kind of knew what he was doing? Can he look like he knows how to call an offense? Can he look like a guy, for someone who makes close to a million bucks a year or whatever he makes, a guy who can kind of craft and cater an offense to our strengths if we don't have someone like Kenneth Walker suiting up? Scotty Hazleton, can he look like a guy who knows what he's doing? Can we improve once? It's about to be year four. Can the defense improve at all over the course of four years? Honest to God. I mean, like, at least the offense had that year in 2021. You know what I mean? At least Mel Tucker's gotten a couple big-time guys. At least Mel Tucker, we won that game on the road at Illinois. We won that Northwestern game. We've beaten Michigan twice. We beat Penn State. Can the defense improve one time over the course of four seasons? Just a little bit, dude. I'm not asking you to be the D'Antonio 2013 defense, right? I'm not asking you to hold opponents to 10 points a game. But can you get a little bit better? I mean, it's year fucking four now. And every single year prior, our defense has been a joke. 
We haven't rushed the passer well. We haven't stopped the run. We've covered nobody. I mean, we've covered absolutely nobody. Can we make an improvement? We've got the talent up front this year. We should be able to get after the quarterback. We should be able to stop the run. I, yeah, I know the secondary, they're inexperienced. It's going to be a lot of sophomores, maybe a couple freshmen. Yeah, there'll be a junior mixed in there, a couple transfer guys. Can we look like the guys we go get in the secondary in the transfer portal are worthy of spending the fucking time to pick up the phone to recruit them to come to Michigan State? Amir Speed didn't do shit. I can't believe Bill Belichick drafted him. I just want to see, I just want to see, yeah, I want to see improvements on the scoreboard. But I just want to see improvement with my eyes, bro. I'm so fucking sick of the same routine with every team I cheer for. It's the same shit I say every year going into the Red Wing season. I know we're not going to make the playoffs. I know we don't have the talent, but can we get a little bit better? Can these guys show me improvement? Can Lucas Raymond take a step? Every fucking year, the Tigers, same thing. The Pistons, it'll be the same fucking thing. Can we look like we're angry? Like we remember what Michigan State football is about. Like there is still some semblance of that 2010 to 2015 run within us. Some semblance of 2021. I just want to see I just want to see that we're going in the right direction. I want to see that hey, the offensive line sucked last year and they're not the best this year, but you know what? They're better. You know what? They do open up some holes. You know what? They do give you pass pro when you need it. You know what? The second man in, he can hold his own. The defense, everybody scores on us. Everybody the last 3 years. You know what? They can get a stop when you need one. You know what? They do force a few turnovers. You know what? They can get to the quarterback with four every once in a while. Is that too much to ask? That's where I'm at with State. Whether it's five and seven, six and six, seven and five, eight and four, whatever it is. No, I think anything less than five and seven, or anything less than six and six, rather, would be quite the disappointment. But can you just show improvement? Can you show me with my eyes that this team is getting better? that we're tougher to play against, that there is more talent out there, that our coaches do know what they're doing. Just show me that. It's Central Michigan, for fuck's sake. I know we're not a powerhouse. I know we're not rolling out the 2015 team. I get it. It's Central Michigan. In-state school, they'll play with a chip on their shoulders. They don't give a fuck about us. I know. It's Central Michigan. Roll them. Stomp them. Remove their will to play after the second quarter. Remind everybody that Mel is the man for the job, that this is moving in the right direction, that what happened last year, that shit's unacceptable. It won't happen again. Can we do that? That's all I want. It's central fucking Michigan. I don't care if it's Noah Kim, Caden Hauser, Sam Leavitt, or the guy sitting in 36G playing quarterback. It's central. Roll them. Jay Johnson, it's central. Figure out a game plan. Offensive line, it's central. Move them. Running backs, it's central. Hit the hole, lower your shoulder, and fall forward. It's central, defense. Win your one-on-one matchups, Chris Bogle. Win a one-on-one matchup, 
Jacoby Winman, get to the quarterback. Stuff the run. It's central. Cover somebody. Dylan Tatum. Play your zone, Angelo Gross. Force a turnover, Jaden Mangham. It's central. Make a fucking field goal when we have to. It's central. We're Michigan State. I know what last year was. I know it sucked. I know it was a disappointment. Unacceptable. Show me that we know that. I'm going to be in East Lansing, folks. I'm going to be in East Lansing Friday. It's going to be a hell of a game. Stripe the stadium. If you see me around, say what's up. Let's drink beers. Um, I do have to drive home after the game, so maybe not too many beers, but I could have one or two. Can't wait to be back in East Lansing. I haven't been there for a game since 2021, since the Michigan game, actually. Excited to get back. Excited to relive college memories. Just feel that buzz, dude. There's, there's no place in the world like East Lansing, Michigan. I can't wait. Win the fucking game, dude. Let's get this thing back on track. I appreciate all of you. Appreciate everyone who's been here from the start. If you came along, whatever you did, appreciate everyone listening who shares and supports. Um, last ever episode from the first place I lived in California. First place I ever lived on my own after school. Wild. Fucking crazy almost two years has gone by like that. <sighs> Hope you guys all have a wonderful week, weekend. See you Friday. Go green. Michigan fans, enjoy yourselves too. I'll be with a couple on Thursday. Win the fucking game. It's central. Catch you guys next week.